let's do this thing. Hey everyone, it's Nazarena, the NAZ from Voices of REC. It has been a really long time and we have so missed you, but how appropriate is it that we come back to you during Pride? P-R-I-D-E, happy Pride. I'm hoping that it's filled with love and joy and authenticity and that everyone's living their best life. Missing you all so much. We have had some serious changes and I wanted to be sure to give you all a rundown of what the haps have been. So since the last time we spoke, I actually had a whole baby. Yes, I grew a tiny human. They fled in February. And so I am slowly but surely coming back from maternity leave. So that is a thing that happened. Also, where the heck is Aisha? That is a great question. She has actually moved on from the organization, a lovely human being put it in these terms, a passion project that has become something of a professional project. Um, super proud of her. One of the greatest loves of my life. Super happy to have known her and shared this incredible space with her. And for certain, we're gonna have her on at some point so she can share all the cool things that she's been up to since having departed the organization. So as many of you know, Aisha was the community engagement manager. And I have the incredible honor of introducing you all to the new community engagement manager, the wonderful, and I swear you all are gonna love her, Alicia Khalil. Yay! Clap, 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 clap. So, hey girl. Hey, Nazarena. Thank you so much. Of course of course today it's an honor to share a space with you any yes. day but today yes. especially yes <laughs> so I would love for you to give us you know in the age of you know superhero movies they've all been so good of late of giving us origin stories I love and an origin so, story right and so in that theme I would love for you to share your origin story a origin story, if you yes, will. Yes, yes, a origin story. <laughs> um, yes. Thank you. Yes, yeah. I would love to. Thank you. Hello. I'm honored to be here. My name is Elicia Khalil. I use she, her, her pronouns, nouns. I am Pan and Polly. Grew up on the east side of Detroit, second generation American, Lebanese descent. Grew up working in my family's business, which was a chiropractic office. That meant that my whole life was based on a vitalistic and humanistic philosophy from a very young age. Also started training martial arts at five and did that until 20 years old. So a lot of cool activities in that realm. Um, I went to got my undergrad in philosophy and communications at Detroit Mercy, go Titans, did a lot of newspaper writing and radio work while I was there. Then traveled, did a variety of jobs, and ended up working for our university, recruiting for them, telling their story, kind of fell in love with being a mouthpiece for an organization, working in higher ed, and uh, got inspired by meeting so many dynamic individuals who had these amazing ideas and kind of found my passion for trying to facilitate other people's great ideas. A lot of people have this vision and passion and they don't know how to make that an organization. I was like, let me go figure out what I need to do to make these things happen on another level. So I came back, back to Michigan, got my master's in public administration, nonprofit management, started working in local nonprofits, shadowed up city and blues, did some work in local government, some work for some great organizations like Michigan Coalition of Human Rights, the Center for Michigan, and also kind of expanded my own spiritual metaphysical path, did some work in Reiki, did some energy work, um, tried to combine those two paths and integrate those two passions, kind of led me to working in some public school spaces and alternative schools. And I actually had a very profound interaction with the student kind of engaging on our shared identities and ended up in 
referring them to Ruth Ellis Center, which is how I came to kind of find the center and find my kind of affinity for their model and the mission. And I just knew I was on the path to kind of joining the team. So I'm so grateful come last November, I had the opportunity to come on um, in an administrative role, working in the office and helping coordinate our efforts um, from the ground, ground floor and the front line. And as you've mentioned, I've now had the honor to transition into the development space. And I'm really grateful to be here and excited to engage our internal and external communities. So super honored, very excited. And the chance to use my voice is very humbling and very empowering. And I'm looking forward to all the uh, engagements we get to do here. Woo, thank you so much. I think that was really beautifully done. <laughs> very concise. Um, so yes, everyone, this is the new human that I have the great pleasure of sharing this space with, and I'm hoping for episodes and episodes to come, uh, you'll get to learn more about her and, and how we share this space and the awesome work that she's doing with the center. Um, we wanted to take this time to just give space to the state of the world. Um, part of the reason we even began this podcast is we wanted to be able to connect with the lovely people that support the organization um, over the course of the pandemic, because normally what would we have? We would have volunteer opportunities. We would be meeting in person, hugging, hanging out, doing projects around gardening and um, updating this, you know, the cool new space that we have. And because we haven't been able to, it's been really, it was really, really important to us, um, you know, to get the word out there about the, the great things that are happening at the center in spite of the state of the world. Um, and so just wanting to, to hold space, the pandemic has definitely been a difficult time for many of us, um, including, you know, the young people with whom we work. And so hoping everyone out there is faring really well, um, you know, hoping that they're taking the opportunity if possible to stay safe, get vaccinated if you have access and that's, you know, possible um, because we're just looking to, towards a world, maybe not necessarily for normalcy because, you know, there will definitely be a new normal, um, but definitely a world where we can all spend more time together and be in each other's physical presences. Oh, absolutely. You know? Right. I mean, we've definitely seen and, and talked about the isolation and the effects of that, but I will just speak to being at the center and watching the incredible resiliency of the community and their creativity and finding ways to connect with each other mm -hmm. and also provide and uplift each other. It's been mm -hmm. truly inspiring to watch that. And mm -hmm. one of the things that has always struck me has continued to you know, make an impact since I've been there. Um, is just the joy that's still present and the capacity to find and embrace the joy in the moment um, amongst all of these circumstances has been really interesting and, and wonderful to see from our folks. Yeah, no, and see, that's that's a really great perspective. Um, so, you know, like find happiness where, you know, wherever it is, wherever you're able to find it. And really, I would say cling on to it. <laughs> mm. Hold yeah. it tight, hug it, please <laughs> the life out of it. <laughs> Squeeze the life out of it. I mean, because really that's what pride is all about. Pride is so much about community. Pride is so much about being resilient and, and love. And so the fact that that's, you know, that's still manifesting um, in the environments that we share with, you know, the young people with whom we serve, um, you know, the staff and hopefully the community at large is able to engage in that and, and celebrate oneself and one's identity. And then also just as a community coming together um, with those sort of being, you know, the principles of how we navigate the world, community, love, resilience, and um, with a dash of authenticity. So we all keeping it real because keeping it real is important. The realist. Um, yes. So yeah, so you know, everyone join me in thanking Alicia in you know joining our organization and already it being such an incredible blessing. Already, you know, you're far too kind. Far I'm too just kind. yeah, I'm just being real. Everybody needs to know. I wish you guys could see just how incredibly organized she is. It is a far cry from from myself. Okay. 
the Virgo I'm, tendencies, you know, <laughs> and the thing is I have a Virgo rising and it only like taps in. I swear, like when it's like panic and pressure, that's hmm. when I become really organized, but obviously I'm not trying to live that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I can well, only tap in, in very specific times. We have some other strengths as well that come yes. from some other sources and like a lot going on um, that we're pulling from and just kind of even so call back to what we were saying. It's always a both and, right? Like mm-hmm. we have these tendencies, we have these characteristics and we're holding space for all the things we're progressing through, trying to learn, unlearn. Mm-hmm. So I see you and I'm constantly inspired by you. So I will just continue to say, I am grateful to hold any space with you any day. Oh, uh, do you hear her, everybody? It's ridiculous. I just, I just love, I've just been so blessed to feel so much love, um, you know, in this podcast. And I'm excited for this episode because yes, it is very much a transition episode, um, but that doesn't mean we don't got some meat for you. Um, So later on, I, you know, had the opportunity um, to share a space with the lovely Andrea Brimmer, who is the Chief Marketing and Public Relations Officer for Ally Bank and the co-founder of uh, Detroit City Football Club, Mr. Sean Mann. I had an awesome conversation with them. I am super excited to share that interview with you. And a lot of what we were talking about was Pride Razor. Now, Alicia, have you have you heard of Pride Razor? I got questions, girl. What okay. is Pride Razor? All right, well, please, let me please, please. Give yeah, me okay. Down. So let me try and break it down the best way I know how. So Pride Razor, at least, you know, for the Detroit City Football Club, these wonderful humans, you know, they're they're playing their games and they have decided for certain games between the men's and women's football teams. And when I say football, everyone, I'm talking about soccer. Okay. (coughs) I'm talking about soccer. All right. It's worldly. Yes. The universal, like football in the universal sense, (laughs) the men's and women's teams for every goal that they score, their supporters can pledge a certain dollar amount and collectively at the end of pride, at the end of the month, after these five games have been played, they then donate that collective amount to the center. You've got to be kidding me. I'm not, I'm not. And can I tell you because of their amazing supporters. So the Detroit City Football Club, they have this independent group of supporters. They're called the Northern Guard. um, And they are just like the most beautiful, the most like affirming sports community I have ever encountered in my life. And they've gotten together and they've already combined more than $1,600 essentially per goal based on um, just the pledges that have come in. You know, so people, you can pledge as much as you want. So some people have been pledging a dollar, some people pledge $5, some people pledge $329 but it all comes together and thus far they've pledged over $1,600 and have scored four goals thus far. Four goals, let's go. Yeah, I know, it's very, very exciting, very, very, very exciting. So- I wish they could hear my jaw drop. I just love this community approach to fund fundraising. And I have to say, it is like a really creative way to go about fundraising. And they're being sponsored by the wonderful, beautiful humans over at Ally. Um, which is a very sort of apt name for a bank. (laughs) Truly, I love that. (laughs) And so, you know, in this interview that we're going to share with you, um, you get to learn more about Detroit City Football Club. You get to learn more about Ally and their relationship um, to the center. So we're super excited to share that with you. And yeah, give it a listen. Cannot wait. Alrighty, folks. So I have the incredible pleasure of having Miss Andrea Brimmer and Sean Mann with me today. And I cannot wait, I cannot wait to introduce these awesome people. Actually, I'm going to let them take it away themselves. Andrea, if you do me the great pleasure of letting my listeners know the wonderfulness that is you. 
<laughs> well, hi, everybody. I am super excited to be here. I'm excited to be with you, Nazarena, and my friend, Sean. I'm Andrea Brimmer. I'm the Chief Marketing and PR Officer at Ally Financial. And um, I, um, I'm a Michigan-born human being for my whole entire life. I went to Michigan State. I played varsity soccer up at Michigan State. And uh, I love the sport. And I'm a mom. I've got four babies. Well, they're not babies. They're grown-ups now. <laughs> And I am super passionate about um, LGBTQ issues, and I'm excited to be with you guys today and, uh, and talk more about that. Awesome. And Sean, let's hear from you. Yeah, I'm uh, Sean Mann. I'm one of the founders, co-owners, and now CEO of Detroit City Football Club, uh, which is Detroit's professional soccer team and a proud Detroit resident and a longtime uh, appreciator of uh, Ruth Ellis Center and everything that the center does here in the community. So appreciate being here. Awesome. And we're huge fans of you both. So we're just going to hop right into it. Um, I was told that there might be some personal stories to share and I love, love, love. I don't know if it's just the recent kick of movies today. They're so big on origin stories. And we got a little bit from Andrea just now about collegiate soccer for MSU. <laughs> That's incredible. That is incredible. So tell us a bit about that. Wow. Well, you know it's kind of funny. I, I can still remember so vividly how my soccer career started. I was in fifth grade and my dad said to my brother, hey, they're starting a YMCA soccer league. Why don't we sign you up? And he said, nah, I'm not really interested. And I said, wait a minute, I'd like to try it. I don't even think it dawned on him that I would want to play. And he took me up to the Y and we signed up and that was it. That started my career. And I was never the fastest person on the field. In fact, they used to call me square wheels, but I was always the toughest. And I had a lot of determination. I had a huge passion for the game. Played at Livonia Stevenson, which was a powerhouse school when I played. We won the first ever girls state championship up at Flint Atwood Stadium, which wow. was um, amazing. And, um, and I got the opportunity to go to Michigan State and play four years at Michigan State. The freshman, my freshman year was first year that the team was varsity. So got to play four years of varsity soccer up there and it was an incredible opportunity. So really, really cool. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And sure. I've got to know, like the CEO of Detroit City Football Club, how did you just come up with this incredible idea? Like how? Tell me all about it. Um, so uh, like Andrea, actually, I'm a Livonia Stevenson alumni. Whoa. Uh, myself. Whoa. But um, I, uh, for grad school, I moved um, over to Europe and I had a fortune of uh, living in England for a few years and um, I worked for the Shadow Secretary of State for Culture, Media and Sports at Parliament in London. And so while I was there, I just fell in love with um, the sport of soccer. In particular, um, I mean, even to this day, I still don't know the X's and O's of the sport as well as I should on the field. I was always more attracted to the culture uh, and the community and the sense of identity um, that are around these clubs that have been around for generations. And um, I moved back to Detroit, all idealistic, uh, lived in Southwest Detroit, worked in politics. And um, I was trying to think of a way uh, to a community organizing way to bring together neighbors uh, to meet each other that didn't involve boarding up houses or, you know, uh, dealing with vacant lots. Um, it, you know, this is going back 2008, 2009. And so my idea was starting uh, a very, very, very recreational co-ed soccer league. Yeah. Uh, idea is based around neighborhoods. And so neighborhood versus neighborhood, it was, you know, Brightmoor versus Woodbridge versus Corktown versus Indian Village and so on. And, um, and, and it was really uh, amazing how uh, people in the city rallied around it. And it's still going to this day, uh, 11 years later, 12 years later, uh, there's still 30 some neighborhoods participating. I think we peaked at like around 1200 people playing in the league at one time. Um, but coming out of that, 
um, was a group of us friends, you know, not dissimilar than soccer teams formed in Europe or in South America a hundred some years ago, a group of friends said, you know, Hey, we need a, we need a team in Detroit that uh, people can relate with and, um, you know, kind of tap into kind of the entrepreneurial grassroots sentiments that, you know, I think were kind of overcoming the city a decade ago. And so five of us each chipped in a couple thousand bucks, bought a set of goals, set of training tops and jerseys and, we launched a team um, at Cast Tech, and uh, it's just been this kind of uh, you know amazing ride ever since. But the, the goal was always to uh, create a team that we thought reflected the city and that people in the city uh, would be connected to. That's really beautiful, and I love this idea of like um, keeping it in the community because um, I was lucky enough to to come up in a home in an environment where soccer was just kind of life. It is a way of life. I'm I'm from Newark, New Jersey. We have a huge like Iberian population, huge Lusophone population. When Portugal and Brazil play, okay, the whole city stops. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has to pay attention and at any given time an impromptu parade will begin. Um, and I understand what it means to sort of rally around that community and home and it's um, very much something close to my heart. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you guys are just huge celebrities to me, just as somebody who's played, as someone who decided to, my mom being British born, someone who decided to bring sort of that dynamic back is absolutely incredible um and i am just an absolute awe um but i want to bring it back home a little bit i want to bring it back to um these interactions where you decided to take that fervor and that energy and sort of bring it back to the center and i'm gonna i'm gonna first share this question with andrea about what has your favorite interaction with the center been like it's incredible because like I want to know what's made it so inspiring for you to sort of partner with the center because we are in absolute awe of you. So you've got to know the feeling is mutual, <laughs> but sort of what, what has been your favorite part of like being a part of the Ruth Ellis Center family? Well, you know, for me, Nazarena, it starts a little bit with a personal story and why it's so important to me. Yeah. Um, when my son was 14 years old, he came out and my son and I are really, really close. Um, as I mentioned, four kids and, and he's my youngest. And, and we were together the whole weekend. And then I had to fly out on a trip. And, and when I was in the air, he texted me. And that's how he came out was through text. And I wrote back to him and I said, Drew, why did you wait? Like we were together the whole weekend. We spent every minute together. Why did you wait? And he said, I was scared. If I told you in person, maybe you wouldn't want to be my best friend anymore. And it really hit me so hard because I'm, I, I don't know why he felt that way. And I called him as soon as I landed and I said, Drew, you know, why, why do you feel that way? And he's just like, mom, you don't know. It's so hard. It was hard for me to come out. I was scared to tell you, I was afraid that maybe I wouldn't be allowed to live at home anymore. And I couldn't even wrap my brain around it. And, and so in, in understanding the fears and where that came from for him, it became really important for me to understand the genesis of that feeling for LGBTQ youth and the importance of a place like Ruth Ellis in providing that safe haven for those kids whose parents don't want them home or that can't accept them and their lifestyle. And so as the chair of our LGBTQ employee resource group here at Ally, I've had the good fortune of, you know, us kind of selecting Ruth Ellis as an important part of our giving back and the opportunity to be in the center and to see the way that you touch kids' lives and to be a part of the solution so that hopefully we're raising a generation of parents whose kids never have to have that fear, never really have to know that feeling. And so it's just deeply personal for me. And I think that's been my favorite part is knowing that we're providing, helping to provide that safe haven for so many kids that have a really difficult, you know, place in life right now. That's a really beautiful story. Speaking of just like origins and how that's, you know, sort of stays on theme and kudos to your young one for, you know, sort of having the strength to share that because it's not easy, even in, um, in a home that's accepting. 
Absolutely. So that's that's an incredible story. Um, and Sean, you shared how Ruth Ellis Center was a cause that was close to your heart. And I just kind of want to know what got us there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for us as a sports team, it's never been just about sports. Um, and, you know, because community is something that's so important to us and, you know, the community around this club and having a team that reflects Detroit in a positive light. Um, you know, we've always wanted to use that platform to, um, you know, highlight people that are doing good things uh, in the city and that are share similar values to us. And so, you know, I think I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for Ruth Ellis Center, the population that it serves, um, a population that, you know, um, is, you know, you know, cast aside and overlooked and um, and so, yeah, I mean, when one of the things we've been doing as a club since the beginning is every year we highlight um, great nonprofits that are on the ground in the city doing good work. And we do that with wearing a charity kit and then we, you know, we highlight the organization and then we auction off the kit. And so in 2014, um, you know, we decided the, the owners, we decided Ruth Ellison was the organization we wanted to highlight. And so we actually wore LGBTQ jerseys um, and uh, to our understanding, that was the first time uh, an American competitive uh, sports match uh, team had worn an LGBTQ jersey. Um, wow. And and for us, it was, um, yeah, again, you know, the, my partners and I, we all lived in the city. And so, you know, we knew of Ruth Ellis Center and you know, community was serving and we wanted to use our platform to highlight it to a large audience. And so out of that, you know, subsequent years, we've partnered with other great organizations like Freedom House and Alternative Girls. But mm-hmm. um, the Ruth Ellis Center, I think, really um, resonated with our supporters. And, um, you know, our adage here at the club is that, um, you know, we're the host of the party, not the life of the party, and that our supporters are ones who you know, really um, are driving the organization and creating that, you know, that culture. And, uh, and so, you know, they really um, embraced Ruth Ellis Center. And that's really where Pride Racer came out of that, um, you know, our supporters running with that, and, you know, yeah, developing that understanding and wanting to support Ruth Ellis Center. So, um, you know, it's been a great project going on several years now that we've always been, you know, proud to be a part of. Yeah. And so you kind of briefly already touched on um, you know, the partnership that the organization has um, with Ally, with Detroit City. And so how do you think about the partnership um, with this like LGBTQ organization having impacted your relationship to the larger LGBTQ community? Um, yeah, it's, it's not something like, I guess, we wanted DCS to be a welcoming uh, organization uh, and a welcoming experience. Um, I think that's what drives us is that like sports should be something that brings people together um, and is welcoming. Um, I, th- I don't think sports is always that case though. Uh, and I think it can be off-putting for kids in particular like growing up and, you know, exclusionary. And um, so for us to have an organization that like was really bringing in people um, in and being that welcoming place, it's meant a lot. Like uh, we, we have our own clubhouse here and the fact that it's become a place where um you know a significant portion of the lgbtq population hangs out at our clubhouse and in the stands at the stadium and they and and i've gotten to know personally our supporters over the last decade and several of them have you know really um you know become you know i mean they've transitioned uh and trans and or they've come out um and I think it's because that community around this club is so embracing of, you know, that inclusionary, you know, uh, you know, approach. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I, I could never imagined like one that, you know, this club was in that role. Um, but it, I guess that speaks why people care about it so much is that they really have found themselves and they found a support network. And, um, you know, and I think the advocacy for Ruth Ellison and Pride Razor has been, you know, kind of a rallying cry around that and, you know, help set the tone for who we are and what we want to be. Awesome. And Andrea, a similar question for you, because it sounds like you're already doing the work inside of the organization. And that's awesome as the chair. That's incredible. So what does that look like um, in terms of your organization 
and having this partnership, what is that relationship with the LGBTQ community outside of Ally, with the larger community? Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's um, it's a number of things. One, it was a big, the work that Sean and the owners of DCFD have been doing, especially with the Pride Racer, was a big attraction to us for wanting to be a partner with the team and um, and really looking for organizations and brands. We're big believers in Deets Network. So I wanna find organizations and brands that we can align our brand with that are making a difference in the world. And clubs like DCFC are actually doing things that help the LGBTQ community. And so that was really important for us. From a broader standpoint, you know, we've got over, we've got eight employee resource groups at Ally. Almost half of our uh, employee base is a part of an employee resource group, either wow. a group that you identify with or one that you want to learn about. Okay. And one of the things that we love about our employee resource groups is that each one is committed to a pillar of um, giving back. And through the work that we're doing in the LGBTQ community, we're deeply committed to giving back. And that's allowed us to get into the broader LGBTQ community to your question, whether it's through things like the Trevor Project, whether it's th through things like Ruth Ellis, whether it's things through just getting out into the community and being at different pride festivals, whether it's through listening sessions that we hoped um, where we're simply just listening to the issues of the community. We did something really interesting recently where we started a curriculum to go out and, um, and talk with um, law enforcement officials about um, how to interact with the committee and just the, or the, with the community and just the fear that an LGBTQ individual feels when a police officer approaches a vehicle and how to overcome that. So it's this whole notion of it's not one thing, it's a lot of things. And that's really what we're trying to do in terms of our interaction with the broader community is how can we be useful? How can we use our influence in the world? And how can we use just the sheer number of people that are involved in our ERG to go out and try and make it a more welcoming and inclusive space for this community? I love that, that's incredible. Um, and just really necessary work. Um, if us as sort of, you know, like a species, if we're going to move forward, it's just necessary to do that kind of work. And um, I mean, kudos, because when I often think of financial institutions <laughs> um, and even soccer clubs, um, I don't often think about human rights, you know? And so knowing that a financial institution, knowing that a soccer team is capable of embracing and elevating and being dedicated to this sort of advancement that we're all living and loving as a community is like incredibly important um, for me, like personally to hear. Um, but I'm just also so excited to be able to share that um, with those that love and care about the organization um, and care about your organizations as well. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, and I just can't shake the fact that a financial institution would call itself ally. I, re <laughs> I just, I really can't shake it. And so, um, and of course, you know, when you think about the LGBTQ community, ally, and not just that community, but many marginalized communities, ally is a very, very, very important word. And so what does it mean to you, you know, chief marketing and public relations officer, you're, you're working for a company, you are a part of a company that bears the name Ally. What does that mean to you? I mean, for me, it's awesome serendipity, right? I mean, when we selected the name, we selected it because we wanted it to mean something literally as well as figuratively. And we wanted it to be instantly communicative around this idea that everybody needs an ally in life and it works so perfectly on so many levels. But when you have a name like ally and you believe so much 
in the notion of diversity and the importance of diversity around the table, the importance of inclusion. And then you really have to lean into the name. And, you know, I, I think that um, I credit our CEO, J Jeff Brown, JB, with just the, the push when he became CEO six years ago around the importance of having diverse thinking around the table. This isn't something that we just decided to do in the last six months. This is something that's been part of our mission and been part of the core of the formation of the company for so long. And when you've got a name like Ally, it would be, it would be very uh, disingenuous if you didn't lean into what it means. And that is both through the way that we give back um, in terms of you know, community giving, whether that, and that means also in terms of the way that we give of ourselves. And I think we're exceptionally proud of the fact that this isn't in, we're in the financial services category, but we're not like any other financial services brand. This is an incredible environment. It's an incredible culture. And, um, I love the fact that we can be in and of the community and be such an integral part of trying to change what it means to be inclusive. I love that. Um, yeah, I'm in awe, sincerely. <laughs> no, sincerely, I just- Thank you. That's awesome, that's awesome. And it's just, it's just not often that you find such institutions to be so forward thinking. Um, I, I think for a lot of us, it's very personal. I shared my personal story. There's a lot of those across Ally. And I couldn't be here if I didn't have an opportunity, especially in my role, to impact thinking. And, and I always have had this belief that you have to leave the world a better place than you found it. And I think that thread runs through everything that this company has tried to do. Just the way we've even changed financial services by being all digital, by obsessing over the customer. And by, you know, our, our, CEO, our CEO always says, you gotta remember what we do matters in life. And he says it all the time. And I think that that sticks with us mm -hmm. and it, it shows in the way we carry ourselves. And I love the fact that I can do things like, you know, our partnership with DCFC and when, and there's no question on it. And, and a lot of it was, a lot of it was not only because we thought it's important to show up in our hometown and support what's important to people, but, but in all um, candor, the, their focus around the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community was a critical component of our thinking around wanting to partner with Sean and his, and his owners. And just the fact that they were another organization that was doing the right thing, like we try and strive to do. And how can we help each other? How can we have each other's backs? How can we lift each other up? And how can we continue to make this awesome, this, this awesome city and this awesome community ignite? And that's really like, that's utopia as a human being and as a, as a brand leader that I just absolutely love about Ally. Um, it's great that you bring up sort of that specific partnership because Sean, I have then have a question for you. I'd like to learn more about this partnership. So what can you tell us about it from DCFC's perspective? Yeah, I mean, um, we've always as an organization tried to focus on you know, being Detroit City and representing, you know, the city and it gets back to highlighting great organizations, but also, you know, um, as a sports team, having partners that are rooted and here in the city, whether their reach is national or not, but like, you know, hometown um, partners. And uh, so in essence, like working with Ally has been a, a dream. Um, you know, not only are they here in Detroit, but then also having similar value stars. And so as the conversations were going on, it's not only about what a partnership look like, you know, the, what our supporters are doing with Pride Raiser um, and given, you know, I knew of Ally's prior involvement in, in uh, Motor City Pride uh, and other you know, community um, initiatives. And so, 
you know, this, uh, what, what our sports were already doing with Pridewizer seemed like a, a natural um, opportunity to partner and help amplify what our community is doing. Um, and so, yeah, it, this has been great. And I'm, you know, excited to see where we go here in June. Hopefully, uh, you know, for those who understand how Pridewizer works, like, People are pledging a certain amount of money for every goal DCFC scores in the month of June. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, you know, I'm very eager, especially right now. Um, we've only lost one game between our, you know, all our teams so far this year. Everybody's humming. Uh, teams are looking great. So hopefully we pile up a lot of goals and raise a lot of money for Rufellas. <laughs> Um, we're just happy at, you know, that efforts being, you know, taken, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're just excited about that. (laughs) No pressure, no pressure to win, you know? (laughs) No, no, no. And I think, um, you know, we, we typically do pretty well in the field, but even if we didn't score a goal, I'm sure the uh, community would step up and, uh, you know, support Ruth L Center. But, uh, you know, I would, I tell people come on out, uh, to a game for sure, because, um, you know, it is, I think, a very welcoming uh, atmosphere. Um, I mean, I, 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 you, you can just see it from the audience, the diversity of folks there. Um, but also, you know, you're going to see whenever we score a goal or when the game goes, you know, plumes of rainbow-colored smoke um, spilling out from the supporters section. You know, it's, it's quite a sight, to say the least. And, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and you know, we'll be raising great money for a great organization all month. Yeah, I've been um, I've been studying the team songs, and I really, I really gotta get get in on my French, you know. <laughs> I really, really have to practice my French, but I'm very, very excited. Uh, the Northern Guard, um, our Twitter, like the Ruth Ellis Center Twitter, has just like exploded. Like midnight <laughs> happened, and it's just northern guard everywhere everyone's super excited lots of love like i i can feel the rainbow cannons being shot off just on the timeline um so you do have some incredible supporters and you talked about this really wonderful um social environment and so i guess i i i'm gonna i'm gonna shift back to you andrea and think about when we're thinking about sort of the current social and political climate, um, you know, how has that impacted your commitment to equity and diversity and inclusion? Because we've talked a lot about inclusion today um, and that's incredibly important. And one of the reasons why Ruth Ellis Center exists, but it seems also um, a great opportunity, but also a reason why Ally is what it is today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, I talked about deeds, not words, right? Um, and, and there's a number of things um, that we've done that I think 2020 has been an accelerant. And as a marketer, what a choppy year to try and navigate a brand, right? Um, I feel like I spent the whole year, you know, like the, you know, that that monkey emoji with his hands over his eyes. I felt like <laughs> that was you know, the whole year. Um, but we we announced more than $1.3 million in scholarships and grants to open pathways for students of color and in underrepresented career fields. Um, we broadened relationships with Campus Pride. Um, we've had a strong relationship with the Thurgood Marshall College Fund that dates back over 14 years. Wow. We created we've had an incredible relationship with them around a program called Moguls in the Making, um, which has been uh, put in place to um, help uh, kids coming out of, they're good, out of historically black colleges and universities um, get internships as well as learn about um, kind of professional fields. Um, we've created an entire financial and social inclusion plan at Ally. We had a, actually a report out this morning our executive council and the progress has been absolutely incredible. We just debuted last week a new DNI site with key metrics and kind of important milestones. Um, we've, we've added a head of, of supplier diversity and we're expanding our supplier diversity programs, which is super exciting, including LGBTQ business owners. Um, and we've increased a lot of our, our efforts by naming diversity champions within each one of our organization that really are responsible for spreading the gospel of why DE&I is so important Mm -hmm. and making sure that embedded in every single team, you've got that diversity champion that can really take the tenets of our financial and social inclusion plan and ensure 
that there's momentum in the organization, that things are happening, that it's in front of us all the time, that we're consistently thinking about it, and that we're kind of consistently moving forward. So I'd say a lot of activity within the company. And I think while, like I said, 2020 was certainly an accelerant, it wasn't the catalyst. This, this began a long time ago at Ally. And I think it's just now really taking taking shape and taking hold in light of everything that happened in 2020. And it is important that you bring that up because um, I guess we could, you know, talk about, um, you know, how Ally has supported the community because you touched on how, what that looks like internally and then even externally with the internship programs and um, opening pathways for students of color. Um, so how has Ally as a financial institution supported communities that you serve um, during 2020, which really was, you know, sort of the very beginning of the pandemic for many of us? Yeah, there were a number of things that we did. Um, we established an Ally Charitable Foundation last year, and um, the foundation is really, uh, I think we put about $30 million in grant money into the foundation, and the foundation is focused on furthering um, our philanthropic mission, which is to improve economic mobility for all. You know, we've always had this big belief that it's easy to give a handout. It's but it's more important to, um, to really kind of dig in and teach people how to stand on their own two feet. And this focus around economic mobility is around things like um, breaking down barriers that support equity, um, that support um, and combat social injustice, that support and um, educate around financial literacy which is so critically important, especially in underrepresented communities. Um, the creation of products and services specifically for those communities. Um, we committed uh, over $4 million to local communities um, last year um, around economic mobility and COVID relief. Mm -hmm. And then we did something that was really cool for our customers um, last year, which was introduced the largest during COVID, the largest forbearance program in the industry. We literally suspended for four months, all car payments, all mortgage payments. We waived literally every single fee. So even if you needed a debit card overnighted to you, we did that on us. There was no fee to do that. And we went into all of our customers' accounts and looked at every customer that had a negative balance with us. And we made an assumption that most of those customers would be getting a stimulus check. And we didn't want any of their stimulus check to be taken for a negative balance. And so we gifted them their negative balance in order to make their account whole and ensure that they got the totality of their stimulus check. So I talk a lot about those kind of deeds, not words. Those are the kinds of things that we tried to do to show up as good citizens of the world when people needed us last year. Wow, I, I'm hoping everyone's hearing this because that's the kind of kindness that's gonna get us through all of this. <laughs> <laughs> sincerely I mean it's it's the thing is it's like beyond my comprehension it's like oh you can do that <laughs> and, wow it's like it's yeah my mind is I just I feel like the neurons in my mind are just like popping off it's like firecrackers it's incredible um and beyond me that a financial institution could even do that and the fact that you guys are already thinking of all the good folks who have come on hard times during this particular time in human history um that a bank would say let's check in with our folks that's incredible Absolutely. that's you know incredible. Our, tag, our, our tagline which is also one of our brand pillars is do it right and it's the golden rule you know, we, we've established, we established that day one when we launched 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's how we measure ourselves and it's how we want to show up. And the forbearance package literally came together in less than 24 hours. And wow. I think that you can do that when you have a culture that truly believes in doing the right thing. It was no questions asked. This is the right thing to do for people. And while a lot of financial institutions gave different types of forbearance. Nobody gave, you know, 120 days. And it was no questions asked. We didn't want to humiliate people. We didn't want you to have to beg for it. It was simply come into your account, electronically check a box, and that's it. Payments get suppressed and we got you. 
honestly i mean there's nothing like your community having your back and i think that's true of an incredible soccer team that makes your community like proud obviously your bank <laughs> your community your loved ones there's nothing like being able to say you know i've got a great hometown team that's always going to bring a smile to my face i've got a wonderful bank that when i come across hard times i know that they've got me um in times when everything else kind of just feels as if it's falling apart so honestly thank you thank you for for being you know those institutions for um for our community seriously i mean i i i can never interact with detroit city without having a huge smile on my face i mean it's just it's nothing it's like you know anyone says anything to the ruth ellis center like on our twitter timeline and it's just like it's just gushing it's just like you cannot come away from the timeline not feeling like you've just been mowed over with a thousand hugs because that's how much love we feel and so when you're thinking about allies motto you know do it right i feel like pride razor is very much a manifestation of doing it right and so it's one of like our young people, not only the young people, but the staff love Pride Razor, love going <laughs> to the games. It's like our favorite thing to do. And so how has it impacted your relationship and DCFC's relationship um, here in Detroit and the larger Southeast Michigan community, having this incredible partnership with the center and then also now being able to bring on the wonderful institution that is Ally? Yeah, I mean, I think the way that our supporters have embraced Ruth Ellis Center is certainly um, helped, you know, highlight to us, you know, um, the, the issues facing, you know, the LGBTQ community, um, um, you know, as well as, yeah, I, I guess um, it, it's also given our fans a way to set the tone that like DCFC is a welcoming place, a welcoming institution for people to feel comfortable being who they are. And so, you know, I, I'm hard pressed to think of, you know, going to other sporting events in town where you see actually like quite a few people who are trans, like openly being comfortable, like who they are in the stands. Right. Um, or, you know, we've had Ruth Ellis Center um, youth, you know, perform at halftime. Uh, and, you know, it's, um, I think it's really set the tone of, yeah, again, just being a welcoming place. Um, and I think we're much more sensitive than we were certainly going back to 2014 when we first wore those jerseys about, again, those um, issues facing the community. And you know, I think it, we're much more sensitive to being, um, you know, how we can be better allies, um, you know, uh, and, and do more than just, um, you know, highlight Ruth Ellis Center, but be supportive. And so I appreciate the kind of words that you said about, you know, what DCFC means and the smile boost your face. I would say, you know, conversely, even more so, you know, going to the annual fundraiser for Ruth L Center or when, you know, the Ruth L Center's, um, you know, residents or, you know, uh, participants come out to our games and see them enjoy themselves, um, that brings me even more joy. So, uh, you know, it's truly our, you know, pleasure and privilege to be able to highlight, you know, a great organization, you know, a great institution here in the city, uh, like Ruth L Center. And, you know, we've, I, when we got the spirit um, award from Ruth Ellis Center, you know, you look at our, in the clubhouse, you know, front and center in our trophy cases, you know, the, the plaque we got from Ruth Ellis Center just a couple of years ago now. So I've seen take it. a lot of pride. Yeah. yeah. Take a lot of yeah. pride in it. A lot of pride. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the both of you are a part of institutions um, that obviously really seem dedicated um, to doing it right. So I've, I've got to ask because, you know, our listeners are a part of all kinds of organizations. And so I guess I want to know, you know, what kind of advice would you give to people in other organizations that are trying to figure out how to support you know, it's Pride Month, how to support the LGBTQ community, how to support the larger and greater community um, at this particular point in time. I'll start, Sean. Um, you know, I, I think you just have to pick something and do something. I think sometimes people get into um, 
paralysis, right? They get overwhelmed. Yeah. Where do I start? There are so many needs. Where do I, you know, how do I get into it? They overthink it. Mm-hmm. Just pick something that aligns with what your, what your purpose is, what you believe in and go and start doing and, and learn and listen. I mean, you know, like I said, for me personally, some of our focus around the LGBTQ issues just came out of listening, listening to my own child, being part of the ERG um, and learning from the community and, and hearing the issues, hearing what is important, hearing what the community is dealing with, and then trying to find ways to solve in meaningful in meaningful ways. And so my advice would be just go. It's Pride Month. Anything helps right now. Jump in. And, um, you know, a great place to start is making a donation to Pride Raiser. And <laughs> the, the Ruth Ellis Center. And, um, and just, you know, go down to a game, watch the atmosphere, see what's happening, be part of what DCFC is doing, and, and just jump in uh, kind of with both feet and see where it goes. I think that's great advice. Just get out there and do it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think Andrea like captures in a lot of ways. Um, You know, I think uh, us founders of the team, you know, we're all white cis males. Um, Yeah. Like our core kind of like, if there's a politics of DCFC is it's being rooted in the city and being a thoughtful engaged citizen. And I think for us, um, you know, it's supporting those who are doing good in the community and uh, helping those that are, you know, too often marginalized. And so Ruth Ellison has always stood out to us for doing that work. Um, and, you know, I think it's being thoughtful. It's being, as Andrew said, it's like, it's listening, you know, um, there's members of our community who, you know, we've, you know, listened to how as an organization we can be supportive um, and, you know, being open to how, you know, that allyship, can evolve over time and uh, but at the end of it like it's always with an eye towards you know uh, participating and caring and actually doing something uh, as opposed to yeah getting caught up in your head uh, so actions as an organization is what we stress more than you know symbols alone and so that's why yeah you know, we appreciate you know when your supporters and your community have a great idea doing what you can to support it and you know, that's what pride raiser is to us that's beautiful. Um, and it sounds like, you know, the overarching theme, you know, over this partnership, over Pride Razor and this relationship that Ally and DCFC have with the Ruth Ellis Center, um, it just seems really intentional. And I think that's what's important. I feel like um, when you're thinking about how to support any cause. I mean, it does happen to be June. It is absolutely Pride Month um, and we absolutely love it. It's like Christmas. I'm starting all my messages with happy pride. <laughs> um, and, you know, we we constantly have people, you know, asking like, what can I do to help? And it's really about being intentional. Um, and, you know, giving isn't always, you know, just like a monetary thing, right? It's sometimes it's your time. Sometimes it's that extra clothing in your closet. Sometimes it's those pans that you just loved, but you've moved on to something else. Like at the center, they can go to a good home. (laughs) Um, It doesn't, you know, give what you can you know, and just, and just be intentional about it. If you know that you want to be, you know, have a a positively impact, um, a bunch of incredibly talented, diverse LGBTQ young people, the the center is there and whatever kindness you're, you're able to, to give of yourself, um, and of your organization, we will gladly accept with open arms. And we're so hoping that as time goes on and this pandemic hopefully comes somewhere towards an end that we're all able to get together. Because one of the things we love about community is being um, with the wonderful people who give of themselves to the organization. And so just being really intentional about that is, is important. And it seems like Ally and DCFC have that down pat, like (laughs) not a problem, incredibly intentional um, in the time that you give to us. 
um, and the incredible employees that you have and the incredible supporters that you have. Um, every interaction I've ever had with either entity, be it DCFC, um, be it you know ally staff, always an incredible interaction, always such kindness, always very intentional um, about supporting the work that we do at the center. And I can say on, on behalf of the young people that we, you know, with whom we work and my staff, I thank you so very much. It just means so much to us as an organization that's 22 years old, you know, born out of not a great circumstance for a 15 year old kid who decided to be his true self. Um, and at the time his family was not able to handle it. They wouldn't, he was rejected. Um, it was a community, not very different from the communities that you're within that came together um, to make sure that, you know, this kid had a safe space and a warm meal and access to resources. Um, that's our origin story. And um, it is wonderful to be able to share with our young people and with the staff um, the kinds of organizations that support us and the amazing people that work there. So thank you so much um, for sharing this time with me and, and sharing yourselves and these wonderful stories and I can't wait for our listeners to hear them and learn more about you and hopefully come to a game, maybe open an account. <laughs> well, all the above would be great. And, yeah. I, you know, it's so great to, uh, to be affiliated with Ruth Ellis and it's, it's just our pleasure. So you don't have to thank us, but thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I probably both feel the same way, which is, uh, it's a it's a wonderful it's a wonderful honor for us and we have learned so much through Ruth Ellis we've learned so much from the from the kids that are part of the center that we've interacted with we've learned so much from the community and look it's what being a human being is about is to evolve as a human being and and to figure out how to be better than you were when you woke up the day before and and that's you know the gift that you guys have given back to us so thank you for that yeah no i appreciate all the kind words but yeah um no i much more appreciate having ruth l center in the community and uh doing all the work that you do and uh yeah makes me proud to be a detroiter knowing that there's folks like you all doing what you do and uh yeah it's it's our honor and privilege to help support you however we can likewise Okay, everyone, we did not forget our segment, LGBTQ plus allies of the week. Nazarena, take it away. Who we got this week? All right, this week we have three entities, two of whom you've already met. Andrea, obviously just being incredible, taking time out of her ridiculously busy schedule to share a bit about her, the work that she does at Ally, um, and also just the partnership that Ally has with Detroit City Football Club and Ruth Ellis Center. And of course, the lovely Sean Mann for also taking time out of his busy schedule to share with us the absolute vision and coolness that is Detroit City Football Club. But I'd be remiss to end this without also making sure to bring up the Northern Guard supporters. You might not be into soccer, folks. You, it might not be your jam. But if you're in the LGBTQ community and you're just trying to hang out and watch some level of sports ball, these are the people that you want to hang out with. They are so ridiculously loving. I wish you guys lived on our Twitter timeline. It's basically a huge love fest because of the Northern Guard. I absolutely love them. They're nothing but good vibes. They're an incredible bunch of people. And I'm hoping that everyone you know, gets to be a part of like a similar community where you just feel loved and you can just hang out and everyone's just loving on everyone all the time. And you can just like yell and scream anytime someone gets a goal. Like the vibes are just amazing. And I really have to give them a shout out for just being such an awesome bunch of people. We are 
so blessed to be supported by such incredible, just such an incredible group of fans, but also for, you know, for Sean Mann, for just like bringing us the wonder that is Detroit City Football Club. And then for Andrea, just like, I mean, who who knows of like a bank that is just like so a part of their community that they would partner with a local sports team and love on a local organization whose bread and butter is ensuring the happiness, the love, the resilience and the authenticity of young LGBTQ people. It's incredible. So for being so incredibly thoughtful, I've got to big up these three entities as the LGBTQ allies of the week. Thank you oh. all for being so incredible. Thank clap, you clap, allies, clap. we appreciate you. Huge applause. If you're interested in supporting the center, whether it be through sponsorship or by donating, feel free to send us an email at voicesofrec at ruthellacenter.org or you can go to our website and click the donate button in the corner or click on the info button to get to know us a little bit more.